0: Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. Amateur area baseball had flourished since the Civil War was over, and the Nashville's was the premier local team. But with the expansion of professional ball clubs throughout the country and throughout the South, it was necessary to stock a club with players who played for pay. And I'll get into that a little bit, but there's a backstory because we know that in 1885, when the Southern League was formed, Nashville had a team in that league. But it wasn't Nashville's first professional team. So let me explain. Paying players moved a team one step closer to winning championships, which up to that time had been mythical, such as the champions of Nashville or the champions of Tennessee with no bearing on anything except for proper boasting at the local tavern and in newsprint. But as professional baseball was growing, challenges to the championship caliber teams would necessitate an upgrade in the roster. The only way to compete was to pay, which in theory was to improve the quality of play. The Cincinnati Baseball Club, also known as the Cincinnati Red Stockings, fielded the first known openly professional team in 1869 and played its first game against an opposing club on May the 4th. The success of the Red Stockings called for an organization to give structure to the growing game. Not universally recognized as the first league, the first professional baseball league, the National Association of Professional Baseball Players, came into being on March the 17th, 1871. For a $10 entry fee, teams could join the National Association, and the league would go on to have some success in its first season with fans and pundits alike becoming fans. And this system proved unworkable, however, as there was no way to ensure competitive balance, and financially unsound clubs often failed in midseason. And that lasted until 1875, as the stronger clubs wanted to create a tight-knit league with a constitution that could be followed and rules administered to keep everyone on the same level playing field. On February the 2nd, 1876, another organization is formed to take its place, the National League of Professional Baseball Clubs, and this would become known as the National League that we know today. Not every city could be a member, and new groupings, such as the New England Association of 1877 and the Eastern Championship Association of 1881, were born. These were independent clubs, but they just agreed to play a series of games for a championship pennant. But the first true minor league is usually considered to be the Northwestern League, which stayed around for two years, 1883 and 1884. As there were moves to organize leagues across the country, news came to the attention of those who were considering forming a Southern League that Nashville wanted to be a part. It was anticipated that the league would begin playing in 1885 and Nashville would have its first professional baseball team, but not so fast. An article in the Nashville Daily American on October the 9th, 1884 described a professional baseball team for Nashville, the first for the city, before the new Southern League would begin play. And this was what the article said. Recently, a stock company has been formed of reliable and businessmen of the city who have decided to get a team for Nashville of professional baseball players who can meet the best clubs of the country and cope with them in a game of which the audiences would not leave the ground disappointed or disgusted. On Monday of this week, it went on to say the stock company had a meeting, decided definitely to get us such a team, and immediately sent Mr. Will C. Bryan, whose baseball record is familiar to all who know of baseball in the city, to Cincinnati to consummate arrangements with players with whom he has for some time been in correspondence. At the same time, the stockholders decided to call the club the American Baseball Nine which bears that name in honor of the daily newspaper, the Nashville Daily American. Mr. Bryan was also elected manager of the new club and instructed to hire first-class material, regardless of cost. So we have Will Bryan heading up this new venture, and he's off to engage the services of players and schedule a game with a top-quality club to introduce their brand of the game to Nashville spectators. He engaged the Cincinnati Unions to visit Nashville right away and had a game scheduled for Friday, October the 10th. The Unions, also known as the Outlaw Reds, their owner was Justice Thorner, who had previously owned the Red Stockings, played in the Union Association, and that 12-team league included the St. Louis Maroons, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Kansas City Cowboys, and Wilmington Quicksteps. Considering that Nashville held potential as a Union League member for 1885, Thorner agreed to take his club south, and on that October the 10th, the first professional game for a Nashville ball club took place at the fairgrounds. Bryan secured players for the new ball club from a distance away, and the newspaper gave detail about each one. The American club, it said, is composed of the following material. Baker, the pitcher, is from Springfield where he has made a very fine record. Lang, the catcher, was for a while one of the crack battery of the Atlantas, but left them for a more prominent position. Collins, who holds first base, is taken from the Louisvilles. Bryan, who is well known to Nashville's, will play on second base. Rishas, one of the most widely known players in the country, has been engaged from the Trentons and will play third base. Myers of the Portsmouth Blue will play in the position of shortstop. Rue, the left fielder, comes from the Springfield Club, and Hunsier in center from the St. Louis Club, and Hellman in right from the Terre Hautes. Now, noting the local club had not practiced together beforehand, the American reported an audience of between 1,250 and 1,500 persons watched them lose to the visitors by a score of 6-3. to three. The unions had to score three runs in the eighth inning and two in the ninth to secure the win after falling behind three to one. The game took an hour and 45 minutes to complete, and game rules included seven balls required to give a batter his base and fouls being out on first bounce. The next day's game was not a close one. Nashville scored two runs in the eighth inning, but they lost 11 to two. With no announcement about Nashville's chances in the Union Association, another club, the Georgetown's, concluded the Americans' three-game homestand by winning over the locals, 4-1. to one. Losing three games gave reason for Nashville to reorganize its roster and added to the lineup were new players who would become the Americans' first team in the newly formed Southern League for 1885. Joining Will Bryan and Norm Baker would be Charles Marr, Ollie Beard, and Billy Crowell of the Evansvilles. Potential games were announced in the American to conclude the 1884 exhibition season. Georgetown's on October the 19th, Cincinnati's of the American Association October the 26th and 27th, Dayton, champions of the Ohio State League, November 2nd and 3rd, Kansas City Unions, November the 22nd and 23rd, and Louisville, November the 29th and 30th. The article concludes with the high expectations to be met by the new professionals in saying the Nashville public may expect some excellent baseball continues. But excellent Union Association baseball would not be seen by Nashville fans. On January the 15th, 1885, at a scheduled Union Association meeting in Milwaukee, only the Milwaukee and Kansas City franchises showed up and the league was promptly disbanded. Interestingly enough, one of the Cincinnati Union's players in the two games in Nashville, George Bradley, would become manager for Nashville for a short period of time during the 1887 season. Bradley had also pitched during his tenure with the Unions in 1884, the only year of the Union Association, when he won 25 and lost 15 games. Now, consider this for just a second. Had the Union Association been on solid footing financially and had survived after the 1884 season, could Nashville have been one of the teams to have taken up residency in the Union Association in 1885 and not in the Southern League? From 1885 through 1900, the Southern League went in and out of business and Nashville filled a team and sometimes did not fill a team as the Southern League resurrected again but just take, think about, had the Union Association survived and Nashville had been a team and had been a solid presence in the Union Association, could it have been a forerunner to the American League? And could Nashville have been a member of the major leagues in 1885? That's quite a thing to think about. And it's a possibility for the future, but we have to give the past its due. Well, thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this history lesson of early Nashville baseball. And I hope you'll listen in again. Once again, I'm grateful for David Nipper, the producer of this podcast episode. Uh, he's my uh, digital guru, as I've called him many times, and he's just terrific. So thanks to you, David. And as always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can uh, send me an email at 262 gmail.com. I really appreciate you listening in, and I hope you'll come back again soon. Thank you.